question is, why did God, well, what did it take him so long to do it? God could have, could have done it in, in what? So this question is actually uh, is a good question. Once again, you asked another great question. And it's the same question brought down in the Mishnah in Perkei Avot. And it says, um, of course God could have done it in a different way. But God did it in a specific way and gives their reasons. At the end of, at the end of Perkei Avot, it says that there were ten, ten times God says, there shall be this, ten statements, and the ten statements have, there's a reason why he did it in that specific way. For example, I'll just off the top of my head, um, it's, uh, what was the last thing to be created? Last thing to be created? Man. And in the Midrash, it says a lesson. It says, why was man created last? Well, first of all, it's two points. Number one, that he should come to the, to the world the way it's ready, it's, it's, it's ready to be. Because man is the focus of creation. It's for us. So first you prepare the, the background, and then you bring in the, you know, the, 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 main, uh, the main the feature presentation. We're the future presentation of, 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 of the universe, and therefore everything's ready for us when we get here. That's one reason brought down in the Midrash. Another reason is that man may get haughty. Humans are the, uh, humans are the only creations that have a tendency to get haughty. No other creation to wash around with like uh, bravado, uh, you know, braggadocious, look at me, look what I could do, I'm, I, I'm, I'm amazing, you know. You know people, people have a tendency to do that. And that's a very bad thing. So the major says is that if someone ever gets haughty, he should remember that the lowly fly, the lowly, the lowly earthworm, all these lowly creatures, they're all here before you. They're all here before you. To remind yourself, to, 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 to remind, like, it, it, it's like a lesson to, to sort of um, remind us of our insignificance in the grander scheme of things and to try to help us lo- uh, lessen our ego. Um, with regards, so, so, so yes, God indeed could have created everything like that, in, you know, in, 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 one, in one instant, in one, without, any time, without any constraints of time, God could have, but he chose not to. With regards to uh, God being tired, it doesn't say God, God was tired. It never says that. And it doesn't say that God, um, that God rested. It says that God ceased to create. God ceased to create. It doesn't say he rested. He sees to create, and if you if you if you hear, for example, uh, Rabbi Berkowitz, who is uh, 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 my brother's uh, and I, the, uh, one of our teachers uh, in Israel, and one of the um, spiritual leaders of Torch, if you ever hear him translate, six days God created, created, and what did he do on the seventh day? On the seventh, he sees to create. He sees to create. And there's deeper meanings behind the six, the six days correspond to the six thousand years, and the seventh day corresponds to seven thousand years, and that's a completion. There's lots and lots of, 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 um, of, of, you know, of Kabbalistic or ideas that go, that go with the six and the one. But, um, but, but it, it, nowhere does it say that God was tired, worked so hard, <gasps> I need a rest. That, that's not, that's not, that's not, uh, that's contrary, not the implication. They weren't even, they, they were, they were, uh, creations that came to being through utterances. So God spoke, and it was. So it wasn't a, a laborious task. He just, you know, said. I'll tell you another point here. Um, once we're on the subject, uh, this is a, this is a, this is probably the closest you'll ever get to hearing me say anything about re- relating to Kabbalah. But um, through, th- there's a theological problem of the coexistence of an infinite and a, and a finite world. Where we live in a finite world, right? 
we live in an expanding universe. If it's expanding, it must be ha- it has limitations, and it's getting bigger, right? But it's it's getting bigger, but it has limitations. We live in a finite world. Everything that we see is finite. Our entire universe is finite. We're, we're all finite. We have we have our limitations. We describe God as 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 infinite. So how could there, how could there be room for finite in a, in, if if infinite if these seems these these ideas contradict each other? How do you understand? Um, how could there be anything besides for God? If God if God exists the way we describe Him to be exists, how could how could um, how could God how could God I'm sorry, how could we exist if God exists? That's a deep philosophical problem that 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 discussed heavily. It's one of the one of the problems that the uh, one of the problems that the Greeks had with a finite world, with with an infinite and the finite, the way we describe it, was, was this problem. And they they invented an infinite world. They said, "Oh, the world's infinite. The world's infinite. You don't, you avoid the problem. There's only one thing: the world. Is, and the world's been around forever. That was their solution to the problem. Once that's been debunked already." And like many other things that will future that in the future will be debunked as well. This is that was debunked, and uh, all of all of humanity, all the scientists, everyone finally agrees that the Torah is right. There was a beginning, right? We live in a finite world that's expanding. Everyone agrees to it for thousands of years. Everyone t- till the 1950s, what well, 1960s, when it was proven conclusively that the, we live in an expanding universe. Everyone, all scientists believe. What do you mean the world's been around forever? Finally, science has come around, and they accept the first word of the Torah to be true. Right? There was a beginning, and they'll come around to other things also. Lot, lot, as we say. They don't push. Uh, but science has come around. What, what was my point with this? What's my point? What's the explanation between infinity? Oh yes. So, so we have a problem of, of infinite and finite. So that was their problem, and they had their solution. Uh, but now that we know we live in a finite universe, we believe in infinite God. How could that be? So um, there's a word, a term that you may hear if you learn um, Kabbalah, and that's the word called simsum. Anyone heard that, heard that term? Mm-hmm. Since it means limitation. What it means, um, now this problem extends, by the way, I want to uh, just, this problem of finite and infinite, finite and infinite coexisting is the same problem of, let's say, free will versus determinism. It's the same, it's the same, it's the same theory. How could we have something that's us but not God? And I can make decisions and God has no say in the matter. But God knows. So those things, those things are in conflict. It's the same exact point. How could we exist if God exists, how can we make decisions? If God knows what we're going to decide, it's the same point. And the answer that's given, the historians call, called Simpson. What does Simpson mean? Simpson means limiting. And it's, it's, I don't really understand the point because I never really learned it. But from what I understand is that God found a way to limit his, his, his infinity and make room for finiteness. Even though, even though God knows what we're going to decide, God made it that we, that, we, that, that we can choose whatever they want, we want. How, how this works, it, it doesn't, it, we don't know. But God created the universe by limiting himself. Simso. So how does God create? Think about it. How does God create? By not being himself. By not working. That's how God creates. Correct? Does that make sense? If God just stayed as he always was, which is totally infinite, it's not possible for a finite world to exist. God limited himself, curved himself, whatever that means. He curved himself a little bit and made room for, for, for finite. Have a chance? Well, the problem is that, is that is those things uh, logically can't seem to go together. How could there be room for finite if the infinity exists? 
Well, I think it's the same question, like we said. It's how can we make decisions totally uh, unrelated? How could, I, how could there be something that's not God? How could there be room in the, in the world where there's something which exists, which is, which is outside of God's decision, you know, uh, control, so to speak? How could that be? Anyhow, so, um, so what they say is that, um, what the Kabbalists say is that God limited himself, God curbed himself in, so to speak. So now, how does God create? God creates by limiting himself. What we do on Shabbat is we live like God a little bit. Our Shabbat is to be a little bit like God. We know we're told we have to be like God. God's infinite. Right? We can't be infinite. But we have to act like God. What did God do when he created? He curbed. It means Normally we think we're creating as, as, as external. We're building something else. God was the opposite. He limited himself to a degree and therefore there was room for finite. Therefore there was room for humanity. There was room for something that's not God. We are like God on Shabbat where we say we're not working. We're limiting ourselves. We're curbing ourselves. We're not doing things that we would normally do. That was the idea I wanted to throw, uh, throw out. It's really good.